Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Backhield Show. My name is Joe Lowry, and on today's episode, we are diving into some of the latest news, notes, and thoughts from around Major League Soccer. We're running through five of the 10 MLS thoughts that I published over on Backheel.com earlier this week. 10 MLS thoughts is a column that we run every single week over at Backheel.com. Subscribe and check out the rest of that column after you listen to this episode. We're going to talk about stars that aren't showing up. We're going to talk about transfer pipelines and so much more. We're going to talk about all of it in 10 minutes or less. Because here at Backyield, we believe that just because soccer games are 90 minutes long doesn't mean that soccer podcasts have to be. So, without any further ado, let's get to it and talk Major League Soccer. All right, folks, right off the top, we are digging into one of the biggest stories around MLS. It was reported earlier this week from Andy Gretter of the Pioneer Press that Minnesota United's star number 10, Emmanuel Reynoso, has yet to report for the team's preseason camp. Now, there are infinite Emmanuel Renault show, no show puns in here somewhere, and I did go for them on the site. Uh, I will spare you all but that one that I just dropped in this episode. This is big news because this is not just a thing that's happened this year. This also happened last year for Emmanuel Reynoso and Minnesota United. This is two years in a row that Reynoso has failed to report on time for preseason, In 2023, the 28-year-old number 10 did not step on the field for the Loons until June after he was suspended by Major League Soccer for his late arrival. Reynoso is a wizard on the field. He was elite in MLS last season when he was on the field in terms of creating chances and has been ever since he arrived from Boca Juniors. But at what point does keeping him around do more harm than good? This is a big picture talking point for Emmanuel Reynoso in Minnesota United right now. Minnesota missed the playoffs last year which is not easy to do in MLS, frankly, with 18 teams making the postseason. Would they have climbed above the playoff line if Renoso had been there on time? It's possible, right? And this year, the Loons are in the process of rebuilding the sporting side of their club. Can you rebuild a club and build a positive culture when your best player is consistently off to the side, putting himself above literally everybody else in and around the team? Maybe you can build that culture, but not easily, that's for sure. Renoso is a really good player. And great players earn extra leeway because they are great. But leeway doesn't last forever. So I'm fascinated to see, number one, when Reynoso shows up or if he shows up at all. I'm also fascinated to see how new chief soccer officer Khaled Alamad, what's he going to do? Is he going to throw the book at Reynoso and try to sell him? There is reportedly interest from Brazil in Reynoso. Or are they just going to try to keep him along and fix that problem later because there are so many other problems to fix right now? including signing more players. They did sign a few players earlier this week, Minnesota United, but including signing some players who can contribute right away to the starting lineup and maybe most importantly, getting a manager on board. Things are an absolute mess in Minnesota and Reynoso is not making things any easier. I feel for fans of Minnesota United because it has already been a bumpy offseason and that offseason does not show any signs of smoothing out anytime soon. The next MLS thought that we're going to dig into is a bit from my conversation with Columbus crew manager Wilfred Nance. Last week, I had the chance to sit down with Nance, and during our conversation, I asked the MLS Cup winning coach about how he knows which players to try in which positions, right? The crew's 2023 season was driven by players in new roles. It was Steven Marrera shifting from right back to center back. It was Yao Yaboa moving from the wing to left wing back. There were others as well, Sean Zawaski. The Columbus crew moved players around a ton and went a lot of the season without a true center back, a traditional true center back, big bodied 
you know, strong player in the middle of their back line. So I asked Nance, what's the secret to finding players who are ready for a new spot? And while he said there maybe isn't a huge major secret here, he likes to do things in training that get players comfortable in new spots. He said this, quote, I like to do a practice sometimes where during one game, I'm going to ask the player to change their position. So the forward is going to be a defender. The defender is going to be a midfielder. The midfielder is going to be a forward. Why do I do that? He asked. This is not just for the sake of playing. No, this is for them to understand how you have to give the ball to your forward, how you have to give the ball to their midfielder. Nance wants his players to understand how to play in all sorts of different roles. He wants his players to understand how to better assist the players around them by letting them walk a mile, or in this case, playing a quick game in their shoes. I love that response from Nance. I love that idea in training of letting a fullback be a center back, letting a center back be a midfielder, letting a midfielder be a winger, like, and, and the other way around, right? Getting players in different spots so that they understand the requirements of those spots, and really they understand how to better facilitate play to the players around them. It makes a ton of sense. I was really impressed by Nance in our, our conversation. There's more to come out of that chat over the coming weeks ahead of the MLS season. Nancy knows what he's doing, folks. There is a lot of logic, it seems to me, in his training methods. Let's move into the transfer market here, shall we? Atlanta United, they seem to love League 2, League 2, over in France right now, the second tier after Ligue 1. Garth Lagerwey is in the process of ushering a new sporting strategy into Atlanta United. And the biggest question around Atlanta still is what's going to happen with Thiago Almada and how will Atlanta replace him when the time comes to do so? I expect when that happens, Atlanta will go for a Yakamakis-type player, someone who's had success in multiple leagues, someone who's in their mid to late 20s. That feels like the Garth Lagerwey method. But even before we see what he does with Almada, we are getting some real insight into how Atlanta want to build the non-DP portions of the roster. And as it turns out, that approach involves them signing a bunch of players from the second division in France. They added Tristan Mayumba in midfield and Jean de Silva on the wing from Ligue 2 clubs last season. Then last week, Atlanta signed 28-year-old center back Stian Gregerson from Bordeaux in Ligue 2. Gregerson will be the Miles Robinson replacement. Atlanta pretty clearly see value in Ligue 2, and they're not the only team to do that, by the way. Dennis Boanga came from Ligue 2 after his San Etienne team had been relegated. Andres Kubas came from Ligue 2 and over to the Vancouver Whitecaps, where he has been excellent. But it certainly seems like Atlanta United's rapid-fire moves from France have been deliberately concentrated. So far, their signings have hit. Moyumba and Silva were both really, really good to close out 2023. I would expect to see more players trod this second division in France to MLS pathway in the near future. And now one of the things I wrote about over on Backheel.com that I want to get into now as well is what's the next market going to be? I think we're going to see teams continue to be smart in signing talent from underutilized markets, but one that's sort of in that mid-tier of, you know, there have been deals done before, a few less than from the second tier in France probably, but it's not unheard of, is Belgium. I think more and more players are going to move from Belgium to Major League Soccer why? Well, because MLS teams can typically pay players more than teams in that non-Big Five league tier over in Europe can. So I'm thinking about Belgium and the top end of Scotland and the Eredivisie that is in Ajax. I'm thinking about those kinds of leagues, English Championship, those leagues. MLS is pulling itself onto even ground with the top end of those leagues, slowly but surely. And I think along the way, we are going to see more MLS teams gravitate towards Belgium because those players realistically don't have to see MLS as a massive step down at this point. We're going to see more and more moves from Belgium to Major League Soccer. The Galaxy, by the way, are already shopping in Belgium. New CSO Will Kuntz is reportedly interested in adding gank winger Joseph Penstill as one of his team's new designated players. We'll keep you updated on that story as it develops. Finally, the last thing we're going to get to on this show is that MLS is back tomorrow. Sure, it's a preseason game. Sure, it's Inter-Miami taking on El Salvador in a weird 
club versus country preseason game, but this is actual, real Major League Soccer action. I'll be watching this game tomorrow evening because I am broken inside. It's going to be streamed over on MLSsoccer.com. I am very curious, to zoom out a bit, if we're going to see a larger chunk of preseason games broadcasted across the league this year, because we got almost nothing last year until the week before the regular season. It would be nice to have a few preseason games for each team up on Apple TV so that when I don't know. I'm asked to make predictions about the playoff order and the standings in preseason when I've seen zero action for any of these teams. So that I actually maybe have something to go off of. We'll see what happens on that front. I think fans across the league would enjoy getting to see their teams tune up in preseason. Either way, we've got a game coming tomorrow into Miami, El Salvador. I'll be watching. I may be broken inside. We'll have plenty more MLS coverage here on the Backyield Show and over on Backyield.com as the offseason continues. For now, though, thank you for listening, and we'll be back again next week. 